This is Aruna Krishnan. On this episode of Leap That Thing, I talk to Phil Palucha, CEO of Billionaires and Boxers. Welcome, everyone. Today on the show, I have Phil Palucha. Welcome, Phil. Hi, thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background, Phil. Mm, sure. So I am the CEO, host, and founder of the Billionaires in Boxers Authority, Authority Broadcasting Network, um, which is essentially a fancy way of saying that we help businesses and entrepreneurs to, to find a voice. So you know, if, you're a, if you're somebody that the world should be hearing, we, we find a platform, a stage, and a spotlight to, to shine on you. Wow, that sounds interesting. So uh, you go around and help entrepreneurs really across the world um, on how to grow their business using media. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and you have certain steps that you walk them through. Uh, The first one being kind of giving them some coaching around growing your business through media Mm -hmm. and example of that being podcasting. So walk us through what that is. So, I think to, to kind of understand the steps, if I may, I, I just sort of, I always like to take it back a little bit to, to where it kind of came from. Mm-hmm. So m- my story really was kind of what led to this point. So I was a, a qualified surveyor. Uh, I went into the corporate world and I progressed quite quickly and got to board level relatively early on. Um, and I decided that I, I had enough of the corporate world. I wanted to go and set up on my own. You know, I had a good reputation for what I did. I'd spoken at a number of leading events across the industry. And mm-hmm. I had this sort of wrong assumption that my phone would just ring and that clients would be <laughs> like, yeah, do you know what? We want to work with this guy. And, um, and it just didn't happen. It just mm-hmm. didn't happen that way. And I found that really difficult to deal with because, you know, as somebody who'd, who'd grown up in the corporate world and many other people who who did that before setting up on their own can relate. You know, I always had a marketing department over there mm-hmm. and a sales team over here. And, you know, I'd come up with an idea, they'd go and mobilize it. And then I would just deal with the results, you know, uh, suddenly finding yourself sat on your kitchen counter with your laptop, head in hands going, I have <laughs> no idea where my clients are going to come from. I don't know how to go out there and win mm-hmm. business. Um, but prior to uh, setting up on my own, I'd actually been involved in podcasting. So I've been podcasting for about 10 years now, which is a long, mm. long time. Um, but I got involved in podcasting because I just left the world of sport. I was a relatively talented football player. Um, and then I kept getting injured and medically retired. And then that was the end of that. Uh, I was actually playing and coaching in Europe at the time. And I was, I was having a whale of a time. But I wasn't ready to leave the world of sport. Mm -hmm. Uh, and fan podcasting and fan content had just started to become a thing. So Mm -hmm. I quite quickly grown and sold two podcast networks. I've been making money from just talking about sports and podcasting, which I, which I loved. Mm -hmm. Um, So my logic kind of went to, can I use what I know about monetized podcasting to grow my business? Mm -hmm. And I had no idea if this was going to work, none. Um, But I started with a really simple strategy which was I'm going to write down a list of the top 100 companies that I want to work with. And then I'm going to invite each of their CEOs onto Mm. a podcast to talk about two things. First thing, who are you and where have you come from? Because everybody loves to talk about themselves. And second thing is what's your business? What does it do? Who does it help? And where are you going in the future? And obviously Mm -hmm. they're paid to talk about their business. So most people will say yes, even back then when it was more like inviting people in for a police interrogation, because it was kind of <laughs> people were going, what do you want to ask me? Why? Who, who right. gave you my name? Where did yeah. you find me? 
right. was all very suspicious. Um, but in the space of the first quarter, having started doing that, I went from just being me with a roller coaster business, you know, one month I'm making money, next month I haven't got a clue where my next client's coming from, mm-hmm. to me having to hire 25 people globally full time to deliver the work because I had more clients mm-hmm. than I knew what to do with. And it ultimately just came down to I wasn't selling them anything. I wasn't trying to yeah. hoodwink people. I was just building a nice organic relationship right. with people. And the people who resonated with me said, we should do something together. Yeah. And the ones that didn't resonate with me, we thanked each other for the time. We learned something right. from each other and we carried on down our own journeys and down our own paths. And yeah. I love that. So still to this day, you know, those are the things that really are at the heart of what we do. It's, it's adding value to your audience and adding value to, mm. to you. So I call it Napoleon Hill meets podcasting. It's like every day is a school day. You get to meet these incredible people and learn from them. Um, But at the same time, it's going back to storytelling and mentoring, which are two Mm -hmm. of the the oldest forms of growth ever. Long before we had the current education system that we have today, those were the forms of growth. So being able to meet with these people and and, and build relationships. and, And let's be honest, we've all had clients that we really wish we hadn't worked with. Um, you know, the clients that are a big pain in the backside. Yeah. The, the reality is both for me and our clients across BIB that we've now been doing this for, for six years, mm-hmm. that's brought right down to a minimum, if not eradicated completely, because if you're spending half an hour on a pre-call with somebody and then yeah. half an hour to an hour on a podcast with them, yeah. having a discussion, you're, you're going to see who you resonate with and who right. you don't. Yeah, no, that's really true. And you hit on two points, which, you know, I've been experiencing. I'm a, I started my podcast about two months ago. And congratulations. Oh, thank you. I've learned so much. Every guest that I bring on teaches me something different. And, mm-hmm. and I think about my life before podcasting. It's, I feel like I was, I was in a little cave. Sort yep. of, you know what I mean? Because now I'm, I'm talking to people internationally and they're bringing their angles because everybody's inventing in their own ways. And it's amazing. 100%. Like this growth, the growth that I'm experiencing now is like, it's almost exp- exponential because every, every person I talk to gives me a different perspective. So it's so amazing. 100%. And two, as, as you know, like, and as you mentioned with the relationships, it's, I think that is a key strength you need to have as a podcaster, right? Reading people and connecting with people and, uh, you know, helping them craft their message and also yeah. sharing their message at the same time. So it's kind of like a mutual benefit, right? And 100%. Can, yeah. And I can see how you can build your clients. And at the same time, exactly as you said, you'll know who you connect with right away and you, do. Who you want to further the relationship with. So, yeah, that's a, that's a great and- point. Do you know what? It's really important, isn't it, that, 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 we, that we spend too much time in work or, or working that not to enjoy what we're doing and not to be passionate about it. So, mm-hmm. you know, we probably got to the stage about two years ago where we started saying no a lot more than we say yes, mm. um, because we're very selective over the people that we work with, because I genuinely want to make sure that if we're helping put a spotlight on your message, it's because... Yeah it's a message that we really believe and resonate with and, and want to kind of put out there. Cause right. the reality is that these, these strategies mm-hmm. that have been proven to work a, since I've been doing them, but B certainly since we've been doing it with our clients the last six years or so mm-hmm. is you could take these strategies and they would work for a Ponzi scheme or they would work <laughs> for, you know, a self-elected leader of an industry where actually yeah. they don't know anything. They're just wanting the credibility that comes with that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I've, I've fallen foul of that previously in my life as well, where I've paid for a course or a coach or a mentor. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you've ended up getting stung for, for, for an X amount of money. I mean, I was into the tens of thousands of dollars that I lost and that happened because somebody looked like they had credibility when they really shouldn't have. So that's, that's where a lot of our passion lies. It's, it's making sure that the right people are being heard and that actually, you know, the more you look into any given sector, you find that there are these fantastic people who are really good at what you do and they have these roller coaster businesses and they're so yeah. busy focusing on paying their bills and trying to keep the business afloat yeah. that they're not focused on trying to show the rest of the world who they are. And, and mm. I understand that a hundred percent understand that, but I also know what can happen if, if you put yeah. those right people on a stage and a platform and you yeah. show people who they are, more people will know, like, and trust them. And the business will almost take care of itself. Yeah. You know, the, the phone does start to ring and people do yeah. start to invite you to speak at major events, for example, as, a, yeah. as being recognized as an authority in your field. And, yeah. and, and all of these things combined just do wondrous things for your business. Yeah. And it just uh, has a much wider impact as well. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah. So let's get into then um, passive media. Tell us what that means. So passive media is, it's often sort of infotainment media, but it's also evergreen content that's not set at a certain time. It's like there's a television program airing and you can only watch it that once, you know. So for mm-hmm. me, pass, passive, passive media takes two forms. It's infotainment, so it's entertaining and it's informational at the same time. But it's also evergreen and it's out there available whenever somebody wants to listen to it, wherever they want to listen to or from. Um, and that's all great for your business. So, you know, as I said before, I came from a surveying background. So I think about real estate in a very physical way, mm-hmm. but I can also think about it in a digital way. You know, a lot of businesses will be spending money on AdWord campaigns or SEO campaigns to try and get their mm-hmm. websites ranked higher on, mm-hmm. on social media. Let's be honest, who goes past page one of Google? Um, <laughs> but the reality is that Google are constantly pushing content. They're con- you know, you do a Google search for anything. Yeah. The first three posts will be the sponsored posts. Immediately yeah. underneath that will be a list of media, videos, podcasts, yeah. images that it wants you to engage with. So by claiming more of that digital real estate and mm. putting yourself out there answering those questions and being seen as the, the influencer and authority that you are in that space and, being, and showing how knowledgeable you are, Mm-hmm. you're not just giving potential customers the ability to, to binge listen or watch your content yeah. so that they feel like they know you better, but you're also taking up much more of that prime real estate. I mean, if I did a search yeah. for, you know, um, uh, house of multiple occupancy, real estate brokers in Brooklyn, yeah. and there's three or four sponsored ones at the top of that page. And mm-hmm. the rest of that page is you doing podcasts with other people and other people on your shows I'm going to make the assumption that you're the industry expert there, whether you are or whether you're not, because mm. that's what Google's telling me. Wow. That's interesting. I didn't, I did not know that. So that's something I learned about, you know, the media ranking pretty high in terms of like that Google Ex- search. Extremely highly. It's one of the yeah. things that they, they really like to push and, you know, take that one step further in terms of, you know, the media, in terms of, you know, the press, mm-hmm. I was always amazed by, kind of how that world worked i was quite like most people i imagine thought it's kind of a you've got to know somebody you mm-hmm. know you, that's how it works but having now seen it for my team and also for the people who work with us mm-hmm. if you start to appear more and more in the, those digital real estate searches on those google searches 
the press start to come to you to ask you for an opinion on things. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're writing a piece about this. Would you give us your comment? Or, yeah. you know, would you come on NBC and talk about five minute clip talking about whatever it is that you do? Yeah. And it's simply because they've gone onto Google, they've typed right. in the keywords of what they need. And you seem to be like somebody that they should speak to. Well, okay. you combine that with what you're already doing with the podcasting and with any live events that you're now being invited to as well. Mm-hmm. So fast forward six months, you've now got a podcast, as you said, where you're building relationships with people. You're learning every time you have a conversation. Mm-hmm. You're being positioned on the stages that you want to be speaking at, seen as an industry leader and authority. Mm-hmm. And now national and international press are picking you up for opinions on things that are in your industry. Your business will never be the same again, because even if your phone still isn't ringing, you're not going toe to toe with your competitors anymore. Because Mm. even if you approach that customer first time, they go away, they do their research. And if, if, if what they can do with you is binge seven, eight, nine hours worth of content, what they can do with your competitor is have a look at a nice shiny website, right? You, you win every day of the week. Mm. Yeah. That's a really good point. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely opened my eyes, and I would think that that should encourage a lot more business owners to start thinking about it, putting out some type of a digital content, be it a podcast, be it a YouTube channel, or something. You mm. know, just make themselves more visible. And uh, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, sounds good. Okay, so now let's say the business owners bought in; they want to start podcasting and then they have like the passive media going then what is next next you want to start looking at how you monetize it because i think you know only 20 percent of podcasters globally ever make any money from podcasting Mm -hmm. and i think people kind of look at it like like you would an iceberg like they look at the bit that sticks out the top and they forget all the stuff underneath so i had this conversation with a podcaster a few weeks ago and he said well what would i do start charging guests to come on my show Mm -hmm. and i thought such a narrow way of looking at it because i mean what are you going to do you're going to charge somebody 200 bucks to appear on your show like so what like what's that going to do for you and your business nothing it's just put an extra barrier in the way yeah whereas you know as i did when i was talking at the beginning if if the people that you're building relationships with are your ideal customers that's one way of monetizing your podcast if you're growing it and you're attracting a certain type of audience or a certain type of demographic think about other people and other businesses and services that could also prove useful to them Mm-hmm. And then look at sponsorship and advertising. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of ways of, of monetizing a podcast. You know, one of the ways that lends itself very nicely, and I imagine that you'll come across the same thing with these sorts of conversations. Almost every guest that I have mm-hmm. ends up offering me some sort of an affiliate link or some sort of a, a reseller agreement. It's like, listen, mm-hmm. you put this on your website and somebody buys it, we'll give you 10%. We'll give you oh. 20% of the sale that's a great way of doing that on podcasting, you know, because okay. if you, if you get to the end of a segment and you know, you go to an advert or you get to the end and yeah. you say, if you've enjoyed this, you know, we have an, a, an agreement, we can get you an exclusive discount with such and such. a. Oh, you know, yeah. th- these are who we use. This is who we really like. You don't have to use them, but this is our recommendation. This is mm. who we like. So yeah. And off they go kind of thing. Um, so there's, there's a lot of ways of, of, of helping each other and monetizing. And I think a lot of people on the outside don't quite see this, but, I imagine, I mean, you've been in there two months now, so you'll be starting to see it yourself. The The podcaster community globally is very good mm-hmm. to each other. They're very supportive. Mm. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of guest sharing. There's a lot of information sharing. Yeah. Even podcasts that would, you know, be in any other form of media would be looked at as a competitor. 
you know, most people tend to take the collaborative approach, which is, mm-hmm. well, you've got an audience, we've got an audience. Why don't we do a piece together? Yeah. And then we'll take some more of each other's audience. Cause it's not, it's not exclusive. People aren't just going to listen to one type of podcast and that's it. They will yeah. have different people right. that they like. So right. I, I think, you know, I always describe it as watering a flower, which is like how you grow a flower. You need sunlight and you need water. Same way you grow a podcast. You need value add and you need mm-hmm. good guests. And, and provided you've got those two things and you're constantly adding people who are bringing the audience with them and mm-hmm. bringing people who are adding value to them, you will continue to grow your, your podcast and be very successful with it. Yeah, that that's a real nice way to summarize it. Like how you just said, as long as you have value add and you have good guests, it's just a matter of time. Obviously, podcasts, unless you're a super celebrity, you don't grow overnight, right? That's setting the expectations, right? So um, yeah, and, and one thing you brought up about podcast community. So I definitely have to shout out to my community that has really helped me. Um, it's called Podcast Town and it's run by Elsie Flinnard. And it's just been amazing, all the people and the friendships and exactly how you said. There's so mm-hmm. much collaboration, so much sharing of resources. We definitely don't definitely don't see each other as, you know, competitors. We all have different types of podcasts and messages and we've even done cross podcasting like co-hosted shows and stuff so yeah it's definitely nice to have that community and it's so true yeah sounds great yeah and and so now okay so now you've talked about monetization and that's kind of starting to kind of get more of that visibility making some Mm -hmm. money then the final thing is um using media to further your brand so what 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 are your thoughts on that yeah, so I th- I think it's 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 not something that you get overnight, as you've already quite rightly said. You can have some some instant success, but I think the the reality is it's much harder to maintain instant success. Mm-hmm. And you 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 don't want to be a fad. You don't want to be yeah. You know, I, I I know somebody that did this regarding an event. There was a big exhibition happening in their country, but they essentially got kind of swept up along with the event. So when the event left. Mm-hmm. Nobody cared about their podcast anymore. Right. <laughs> that, that was kind of the end of it, um, which was a real shame. But I think it's it's one of these accumulative things where once you start, you should really continue going. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people miss off that there is there is two sides of the equation here. It's the fact that you should be definitely doing your own podcast to share your brand and have those conversations. But as you quite rightly said earlier, the the trick to being a good host is is yes, being able to share your stories, but it's also being able to extract this information out of your guest it's Mm -hmm. about being able to give them a platform to showcase who and what they are Mm -hmm. so you need to make sure that you're also being given the same platform you also need to be appearing on other people's shows so that a you can improve your skill Mm -hmm. um you know in terms of i mean i get a great great example i was listening to a comedian the other day and he was talking about how he writes his material Mm -hmm. and he said if i sit down at home with a pen and paper to try and write material there's nothing comes nothing is coming to my head but if I go to a comedy club and I can just sit and listen to six or seven different acts, right. I get inspired. I don't steal right. jokes, but I'm like, right. that's funny. That's a funny area. I, I'm yeah. going to write about this. Or even if they just have topics of areas that they're going to discuss. And then mm-hmm. what do they do next? They go back to the very same comedy club and practice those skits. Mm-hmm. And all of the, you know, Kevin Hart was saying that he will have like one joke from every like 30, 40 minute set that will get the most laughter He'll take that, put it in mm-hmm. the drawer, and when mm-hmm. he has enough of them, he goes and does another big live tour with all of these jokes combined because it's mm-hmm. like the best of all the things that he's right. tried throughout that year. 
Well, appearing on other people's shows is exactly like that for me. You know, it's a great way of learning how different hosts do things. It's a great right. way of seeing how different hosts prepare for things, different personality types. Right. And it gives me a platform to talk about what we do rather than just me kind of asking you what you do and vice versa and right. get your story out. Um, yeah. And it's, it's two sides of the same coin for me. And I think a lot of people miss that. There'll be a lot of people who do their own podcast. Yeah. And then they get about three months in and they go, I've only got 50 people listening. Or, you know, should right. I stop? What's the point? You know, right. why, why right. am I putting in all this time and effort? Yeah. Well, the two things I'd say to that is, first lesson I was taught in marketing is if you don't ask people to do something, that they, they won't do it. <laughs> so <laughs> if you're not going on to other people's shows and yeah. saying, if you've enjoyed what I've had to say, come and check out our podcast and stick around, yeah. then they're not going to come to your mm. podcast and stick around. Yeah, right, right. The second thing I would say is, if, you're, if you've designed this podcast to become better known amongst this sort of inner circle of people or like a top 100 in your industry, for example, yeah. does it really matter how many people are listening? I mean, right. that's, that's right. not why you were doing it. That wasn't, right. that wasn't the purpose behind it. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I was jokingly say the same thing. Like we got to sort of 50, 60,000 downloads from, from my first, first podcast within mm -hmm. maybe the first 12 months, something like that. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't like that at first. And the yeah. reality was, I didn't care if nobody was listening was, yeah. was, the, was the truth of it. I was having great conversations with mm -hmm. great people. They were turning into lessons that I was learning that helped my business. They were turning into relationships that helped them and helped me. Yeah. And they were putting money in my bank account. So I, it really didn't matter mm -hmm. to me if, if nobody right. else was listening. Yeah. And the irony is I think that's why it grew. I think that's why people actually enjoyed it was because it yeah. was quite relaxed and it really didn't matter to me if other people were listening. Right. I was having the conversation. I wanted to learn. Yeah. Provided I was getting something out of it. My attitude right. was almost, well, more fool you if you're not listening because there's some real golden nuggets. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, I definitely, I totally, I totally relate to that. And, you know, it comes back to what was the purpose? Why did you start your podcast? Mm -hmm. And you really hit on that. Like, and for, for me, it's like, yes, I want to help people, you know, become better leaders through this education, through inspiration. Mm -hmm. And certainly some people have reached out to, to me kind of confirming that I have, I have touched them in that way. And Love whether it. it's two or three, it starts with two or three people. I, I shouldn't have to worry about, you know, as you said, like how many people are listening daily or how many downloads do I have? If I'm able to help a handful of people and if that was my original intention, that's good. And it can only grow as time passes, right? So some of it is just being patient and then, mm -hmm. you know, putting yourself out there. And you also hit on something that I only recently started doing, with, which is going on other people's shows. And exactly, you see how other hosts approach it and um, you're able to share your message. And definitely, I think I need to do a little more of, yeah, come check out my podcast. You know, definitely they help promote my message, whether yes. it's my books or my podcasts, and, which is a great thing. But, you know, I also have to maybe try to connect with their audience to say that definitely come check out my podcast. Do, if you, do you know what? I would highly recommend it. So I'll give, I'll give you a great example away from podcasting because this was somebody who we, we actually work with, but it's, it's completely changed his business, okay? He's, he was relatively well-respected in his industry anyway, so he was constantly being invited to these exhibitions to come and speak and all this sort of stuff. And then one day he said to me, do you know I've never made a single cent from these exhibitions and things? Mm. And I said, what do you mean? He's like, I've never won a single client from an exhibition. Mm. And I was like, how is that possible? Like yeah. you keep getting booked because you're adding value. Like how is it possible that mm -hmm. you've not made any money from it? 
So I said, do me a favor, you got any of them on tape? He's like, yeah, yeah, I've got loads of them, loads yeah. of videos. And I said, just send me them. Yeah. I watched his first one and I instantly knew what he was doing wrong. Mm. I then watched another six, seven, eight, nine of them just to confirm it. And I spotted the same problem every single time, which was you didn't give them anywhere to go. You mm. educated them, you excited them. And then when yeah. they're all sat there going, okay, so what's next? You've gone, thanks guys. I've been such and such a body. I'm going gonna, gonna to go. And it's, it's like an anti-climax. It's kind of right. like, Going up to a girl in a bar, chatting her up, getting to the buying her a few drinks, getting on really well. She's about, she's got a phone in her hand. She's about to give you the number, and you go, "So have a nice evening," and you walk <laughs> off. It's very confusing for everybody involved. Yeah. Um, and I said to him, you know, there's nothing wrong with saying, you know, if this has resonated with you, I'm going to be yeah. around at the back for the next 20 minutes, come and ask me questions. If yeah. you prefer to ask me something privately, here's my Calendly link to book in a call. Mm-hmm. Just by starting to do that on stage and then later on podcast he's yeah. been able to 10x his business comfortably because okay. the people people want direction they want instruction like nobody yeah. likes to be sold to but everybody likes to buy so yeah. if somebody's already resonated with you resonated with that message don't miss the opportunity to say if you've enjoyed this come and get involved right 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 no that's a good tip um, I'm definitely going to try and do that a little bit more. Um, so on that note, great segue to, so if people resonated with everything we talked about today, mm. <laughs> how can they find you? Good question. So there's two ways of finding me that are the easiest. Uh, head to billionairesinboxers.com uh, is a great way to find me. I also have a very unusual surname, which is spelled P-E-L-U-C-H-A. So if you Google Phil Palucha, you will find lots of ways of contacting me. The the best two, the quickest two, because I manage those accounts myself, would be LinkedIn and Twitter. Um, but I'm sure anybody in my team would be happy to answer any questions for you. Uh, I'm, I've always got an open door policy. I love talking about this stuff. So yeah, everyone want to come and have a chat, uh, you know where to find me. This was great. Thanks, uh, Phil. And I know like you and I have the Africa connection. So that, yes. that's really cool. We both know I've, I've visited Cape Town. So it's such a beautiful town. I, and I um, love, I love uh, Cape Town. It's one of my favorite cities on the planet. I love Africa in general, actually. My wife is Africa and we spend a lot of time down there. And mm-hmm. I'm very proud to have children that are dual nationality and, and they're mm-hmm. being raised with, with both cultures and heritages, which I think is awesome. Um, but did you know, it's funny, isn't it? You mentioned before about sort of people taking lessons from this, the emerging markets, like businesses in these emerging markets should be tripping over themselves to get a podcast started and start Mm. doing this. Cause you know, the, the, the American, the American market, the market of North America, most of Europe, um, those markets are 17, 18 years ahead of these uh, sort of emerging markets mm-hmm. uh, in terms of podcasting. So I'll give an example. We've got a VC that we're working with in Johannesburg and I've got a VC I'm working with in Arizona. The VC in Arizona had just over 40 competitors that already had podcasts mm-hmm. just in North America. In, in Southern Africa, there was two podcasters that did wow. uh, that were VCs and they yeah. were both doing them to it. No disrespect. They were both doing them to a far lesser standard than we've been working at for mm-hmm. the last six to 10 years. So we, it was so much easier to help that VC in Joburg to become an influencer and authority because there's far yeah. less competition. Right. Right. Um, so, you know, for, for businesses that are listening to this, it's not too late to start a podcast. You've just yeah. got to be consistent and get out there and get it done. But if you are listening to this from one of those emerging markets, you know, 
I liken this to think about what was 17, 18 years ago. The conversation 17, 18 years ago was, do you want a website for your business? Mm-hmm, um, right. Some companies said no, and some companies said yes. But for every every Netflix, there had to be a blockbuster, right? Right. <laughs> I kind of liken that to the same question now, which is, yeah. do you have a podcast for your business? Because right. if the answer is no, yeah. in five to six years' time, when five or six of your competitors do, and that digital real estate are already taken, yeah. and now you're going to have to pay to boost things to get yourself noticed. Right. You've, you've missed such a massive opportunity. Yeah. And and. It doesn't matter whether that's with me, whether you want to do that on your own, whether you want to go find right. another community to do that with. I just implore you to, to don't yeah. be the people left standing behind talking to where your customers once were because they're yeah. not there anymore. That's great advice in, in the age of a digitized uh, economy. You know, I think uh, that's definitely something we all need to look into. And uh, I hope people do. And uh, this was great information. And thanks for laying all this out for us. And You're most thanks welcome. so much. Thanks so much for being on the show. I really appreciated it. It's been a real pleasure to be here. Thank you. And um, look, I know you're only two months in, but you're a natural. So I'm sure there'll be many more really interesting podcasts to come. I'm confident of it. Oh, thank you.